When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. And today's episode is very exciting because my guest is Aliza Kelly, who is celebrity astrologer. She has been seen on Drew Barrymore's show and she's a resident astrologer of Cosmopolitan magazine. She also has a podcast, it's called Stars Like Us. She has been featured in the New York Times, The Cut, The Huffington Post, Self Magazine, Los Angeles Magazine, and she also has written two books, The Mixology of Astrology, Cosmic Cocktails for Every Sign, and Star New, A Guided Journey Through Astrology. So, in this episode, Aliza and I will be discussing so many great things. We'll be talking about Aliza's journey and how she became an astrologer. We'll be also discussing what can you tell by analyzing someone's birth chart. We'll also be talking about astrological predictions for 2021, main astrological events for 2021, love and finance horoscope for 2021 as well. And we'll be talking about if in couples their charts are not compatible, is it still possible to build a relationship? Also, we'll be talking about the best money manifestation practices and how karma and birth charts are related. Aliza will be giving the best advice for 2021 for all the astrological signs. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Aliza. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. We would love to know more about you. So would you please tell our listeners more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I'm really excited to connect with you. And I, as a Leo son, I'm always excited to tell anyone about myself. So perfect. (laughs) <laughs> I'm my name is Eliza. I'm an astrologer. Um, I'm also an author and a columnist and a host of my own podcast called Stars Like Us. I am a Capricorn rising <laughs> with a Pisces moon in addition to my Leo sun. I'm a complicated person um, and I have a complicated career. So it's it's perfect. How did you become an astrologer? What did you do before? Oh man. Okay. Well, I did a lot of things. Um, I I lived, you know, I don't think that most, at least at the time that I was growing up, I'm 31, becoming an astrologer was not really 
a profession that uh, I thought would I would be available to me. It was not something that was in my psyche, if you will, at all. Um, I always was, you know, did things all a bit alternatively. And it was, you know, I went to college and I studied art and art history and I was going to be an art dealer. And that was what my plan was as a young adult. Of course, you know, that was at the time I felt like that was kind of like, you know, edgy in its own way because art still felt like it had a bit of that. It was still, you know, it wasn't like working as a doctor or a lawyer. It wasn't corporate. So to me, it, you know, there was this sort of like, okay, cool. Well, that taps into the essence of me that likes to be a little bit rebellious. My trajectory working in the art world is long and complicated and boring and mostly disappointing. I realized you know, by the time that I was in sort of the positions that I thought that I had wanted to be in, that my life was going to not look as I had hoped it was going to look. It turns out that you really do need to have um, connections to sell art when you are in your early 20s. You can't really go into that space blindly. Um, I didn't know that, of course. So I was really broke. Um, I was really fragmented. I was also living in Los Angeles, which can, you know, has its own sort of, um, (laughs) there its own sort of like conditions of being in a strange state of mind for that. I felt like I just couldn't really, I didn't understand who I was and what I wanted to be and everything I thought that I wanted was not what was happening. And I was increasingly disillusioned. And it was in that moment that I found myself um, really starting to gravitate towards astrology. Suffice it to say, um, between there and where I am now has also been almost an entire decade. So there's been a, it's been a long journey. Um, and I have been working within this world professionally for almost eight years in some capacity. Um, I didn't start out as an astrologer. I started out as an astrology enthusiast by creating an astrology dating app in 2014 and working alongside astrologers. And it was through those mentors that I had that I began to study and I began to learn and practice. And it would be another several years before I myself felt comfortable to say that I was an astrologer and actually could imagine a a road for myself within this trajectory since it is so unusual. And there really isn't, um, you know, there's not really one path that you could just go down and follow. You kind of have to carve it for yourself. So it took me a number of years to find the confidence and also the, um, the direction to go in within this very, very alternative professional trajectory. I see. What a career transition you had to go through. Yeah. (laughs) And like identity, ego transition, like all of it, you know, Um, sort of life realizing that like the things that one might think they want is actually not at all uh, what it cracked up to be. (laughs) Yeah. But how did you pick astrology? Like why astrology? I don't know that I picked astrology. I mean, I thought I've always thought that astrology was cool when I was very disillusioned by the art world um, and I wanted, and I was single and I was like a miserable in like every area of life. 
um, my best friend from college and I decided to start an astrology dating app. And we were, you know, with that sort of naivete of, oh, you know, we could just do this, no problem. Um, I transitioned out of the art world to work on that endeavor, but I still didn't have any money. So I needed to work as a server um, to support myself as I was trying to start this app, you know? So I was still fragmented because I was still, you know, I would Zen instead of it being that I was creating the illusion of being someone fabulous who could recommend very expensive artwork. I was creating the illusion of being someone who was very self-assured, who knew how to run a startup business while I also was, you know, at night working at this really disgusting restaurant, um, on the sunset strip in Hollywood. So it was, I was still very fractured. And then ultimately that kind of all blew up in my face. I moved back to New York city where I'm from. Um, and I had to start over and I started over again by settling by, by, you know, I was 27 and I guess I was like, all right, well, I guess this is it. I mean, I guess I'm just not supposed to be living the most fabulous life. I'm supposed to be living just like a okay life. So I found an okay job working with an okay title. Actually, it was a shitty title. It was everything was shitty. It was all bad. And I just was settling, you know, and I was accepting. I was in the process of accepting the fact that my life was not going to be cool. And all the while, I'm still interested in astrology. I'm still studying it. I'm still learning. I'm still exploring it. And it was about a year after I moved back to New York that people started to want to get birth chart readings from me. And people started to want me to write horoscopes. And it was almost like the collective consciousness kind of was ready to for astrology. And I just happened to have been at that point, working with it for so many years that I had enough of an association that I was being contacted for different astrology opportunities. At this point, I still don't think that this could be my career, you know? And then it was just very, it was kind of gradual and then also all at once in that it was sort of this like, oh, wow, I guess people really like listening to me talk about astrology. I like to do it and I like to share what I the information I have. And also, wow, it looks like there's quite a lot of interest. Like there's, there's a lot of opportunities more than there were five years ago, you know, more than that I had experienced when I was living in Los Angeles. And then basically all at once, the job that I had closed down. Um, I was in a position yet again to, do I find another job that sucks or do I take a risk and do this? And I decided to take the risk and that's where I am. Great. I'm glad it worked out for you. For Me too. It could have really sucked again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, now you picked astrology. Astrology picked you in the end. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I think that I kept sort of pushing against it because astrology is very vulnerable. It kind of asks you to be very vulnerable. Now it's very cool. But even five years ago, to say I'm an astrologer was felt very stigmatized. You know, it felt like you were sort of a, a weirdo within society. And I was afraid that I, it was going to, if I failed as an astrologer, that it would compromise my ability to reintegrate into society as a normal person. Um, and it took me finally accepting the fact that I'm not a normal person to fully embrace myself as an astrologer. Oh, I totally feel you on that one because we have the social norms and standards that we think we have to go by, but 
now I'm glad everyone started kind of break those standards because we have so many different uh, different skills in different professions and just different like astrology, like you know Reiki healing, different things. Now that it's it's totally yeah, I, liberating now. It's it's changed so much over the years. It's so different than it used to be. Um, I. I like to say that practicing astrology in the Obama era was very different than practicing astrology in the Trump era. And I'm sure will be very different than practicing astrology in, you know, the Biden administration. Um, and in whatever this, these next few years, um, bring forth. I noticed that. And, you know, I loved astrology since I was a child and I believe in this and I always kind of, stay on the track and I always like stay up to date with all the astrological things that are going on like Mercury retrogrades Mars retrogrades and all those and especially like I feel like in Russia and all the European countries we pay attention to astrology more but in US I only noticed that it happened to be like past few years that everyone became kind of aware of astrology more than I didn't even see it like being as visible anywhere before. I mean, we had horoscopes and Cosmo and everywhere, but for it to be like birth charts and all the other charts like we have now and many people are know about their charts now, it's like it wasn't like this before. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it really has uh, escalated very quickly <laughs> and um, it's become something that has moved from being kind of niche and quirky, um, very, very much into the mainstream. I think I'm a really good listener. So I think that I was listening to wait the way people talk, were talking and I was listening to how people were wanting to go deeper with understanding who they are and understanding compatibility and understanding like, you know, how do we live in relation to the world around us? And I was interested in that too. You know, I wanted to know more. Um, and I am a fervent believer that, you know, a singular experience is really reflective of the macrocosm of, of a greater experience. So as I continued to see so many people just like me interested in wanting to understand themselves through this vantage, I started to realize that this was something that was um, about to explode. You know, it was something that was becoming more and more pervasive. And I'm not sure if we've totally reached critical mass yet with astrology being the most mainstream. I think that there's still a little bit more um, that might happen to get us there, but it's pretty fucking mainstream. I'm sorry if you're, I apologize for cursing. I talk like a sailor. No, um, <laughs> but yes, I think that, I mean, it's, it's really heading in that direction and I don't think that it's slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, especially with 2020 being like global spiritual awakening year for everyone. Everyone kind of dived in more in astrology this year, too. Yes. I mean, I think I have heard a lot of people who said that, you know, 2020 was really where their interest was sparked in astrology, which is uh, no surprise, you know, humans historically look to astrology um, during times of chaos. And I think that that's why the past four years, we've seen such an in increased interest in astrology in the United States. And then uh, why in 2020, it has become something that really is on the forefront of everybody's mind. Yeah, so true. What can you predict by analyzing someone's birth chart? 
Um, everything and nothing. <laughs> um, I, I'd like to say that the birth chart is sort of like um, a blueprint. It's sort of like an architectural map of who somebody is. So I can see that things are there and I can see, you know, the way that things are structured and how those structures flow. You know, I can understand that, you know, somebody is going to have, if there's like a moon Mars connection, right? It's like the way that someone feels corresponds with the way that somebody takes action. But why that's there or how that shows up is really, uh, that's the information that I need from the client. You know, that's the information that I need to have when I'm talking to somebody because without the specifics of who somebody is and how their life has come together, it's very generic. You know, to say your emotions are connected to your action is a cool statement, but it doesn't really mean anything until we understand how someone's life um, has activated and animated that birth chart. So in a way, everything, because I have all of the instructions there, but then nothing because I need the other person to work with me in order to really bring it to life and to animate that. Yeah, that's true. It still depends on someone, how you're going to use your skills and abilities to move forward with your life. But astrology can only show you like what it is, but you still have to take actions yourself. Yes. Uh, free will, agency, external circumstances, unexpected external circumstances. You know, these are things that are are really important. You know, I, I like to say that astrology is 99% nurture and only 1% nature. The 1% nature is you happen to be born under a certain sky. And then the rest of it is how you respond to the external stimuli of your life, you know? I agree. And what do you see as far as 2021? Do you see any main like astrological predictions for the country, like in general? Well, it's definitely a, a much more normal year than 2020. Um, 2020 was an unprecedented year. Um, it's a year that I had been aware of since I started to work as an astrologer because the astrology of 2020 was so peculiar and so rare and unusual that it was sort of an anomaly um, to have so many major, major, major astrological happenings coincide all within the same calendar year. Very unusual. Um, so it was something that I had been sort of keeping an eye on for quite a long time and been alerting people of, you know, 2020 is a it's going to be a, it's going to be a weird one what that meant of course we needed to wait and see 2021 is still i mean 2021 doesn't just pretend like 2020 never happened you know we are still reacting to 2020 and 2021 but 2021 is a much more normal astrological year in which case you know what i mean by that is that i don't think that we're going to have another global pandemic like just come out of the blue. You know, I don't think that it's going to just, there's going to be another complete paradigm shift of how the entire world lives as there was this past year. I see. Do you think there will be any like tsunami or any major like hurricanes? Because this year, even there were so many hurricanes, like 12 or whatever. But like, what do you think about next year? I do think that climate issues are going to intensify. Um, I think that that is going to be one of the 
biggest, I think that that's going to become one of the biggest conversations that we are having as a collective um, in 2021, but also into the years ahead with Uranus and Taurus. Next year is going to be really defined by the fixed signs, which are the signs of Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius, um, and the way that those interact in the sky. Um, Uranus is the the planet of innovation. It's currently in the sign of Taurus, which is very agricultural, ecological. It's also about currency, economy. Um, so I we're going to be seeing a lot of changes as it relates to produce. Um, what we, you know, how we think about food, how we think about the environment and what sustains us. And that is not just going to be a conversation that begins and ends with 2021, but it is going to be a conversation. I think that we really need to, that is going to become sort of the, the forefront of the, you know, on the, this macro global stage, um, sooner than later. I see. And as far as finances for every sign, what do you think? How is financial situation looking as far as astrology? Well, for every sign, I mean, I would say that for the collective, for everybody, our values are changing. Um, the way that we understand resources are changing. And we, you know, I always like to say, you know, you don't need to be an astrologer to see this. For the first time ever, we have something thanks to the internet, which is going to be having its Saturn return upcoming soon, um, the internet is going to, you know, is going through its own milestone, but we have social capital and we have influence and we have followers, which we are putting money around. We are saying that, you know, those accounts with a certain number of followers, you know, can get these kinds of brand deals, which equal this amount of money, but there's a different type of currency of influence and expansion and reach from social media that isn't quantifiable in the same types of metrics that we have used to understand money. And if money equals power, um, then we're shifting power, not just to the people who have money, but to the people who have influence. And influence doesn't require that you are necessarily from you know, a really wealthy family, right? You can build a big influence from uh, as long as you have the technology um, to be able to do so and the creativity. So I think that we're going to be seeing a really cataclysmic shift in the way that we understand money and values and worth. And that's going to affect everybody. As far as Mercury retrogrades, how many retrogrades will be next year? Because this year was six, right? Uh, I think this year was, I think we had our standard four. Um, oh, it was like six. We had seven eclipses. Eclipses, yeah. Yes. I Mercury retrograde is not really a big deal. It's annoying. It's frustrating, especially when everything is on, you know, when we rely so heavily on communication and we rely so heavily on the conduits for communication. But Mercury is not enough, doesn't have enough force within sort of the astrological soap opera of the cosmos to cause real long-term um, lasting transformation. You know, that's what we reserve the outer planets for that kind of activity. Mercury just makes things annoying. So it just makes, you know, our computers glitchy. It makes us have miscommunications. We're going to text the wrong person, but these are things that we can recover pretty quickly from. 
it's the outer planets that when they do weird shit, that really big things happen. So Mercury retrograde is kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of a portal into understanding that the planets do things, but it's certainly one of the least in the grand scheme of things, dramatic things that happens in the sky. I see. And as far as love life and love horoscope for science, how is it looking for 2021? Well, I think that um, we're going to see, you know, I, I think it really so much of it depends on our understanding of worth as it relates to love. I think of love as a, you know, love is so complicated and it's a concept as much as it is also a very real thing. But when we don't have a working definition of what love is, I think that that's why so many people end up in bad relationships or, you know, difficult circumstances is because we aren't necessarily all looking for the same thing. We don't all have the same idea about what intimacy is, what partnership means. Um, with the fixed signs becoming front and center next year, I think that it would be a wonderful opportunity for us to really define what commitment is, what intimacy is, and what it means to, you know, what the consequences of being in partnership, you know, because love is beautiful and is creative and exciting and passionate, but that's only the beginning. <laughs> There's a lot that happens between that and like being with someone forever, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think this year, so many people had to realize so many things. We had time to think about it. So I'm sure next year will be better, I guess. Yes, I think so. I think that a lot has been, I think that this, you know, on a collective level, so like everyone has is going to leave 2020 very differently than we came into it. So this means that we're going to be interacting with people differently. We're going to be communicating with people differently. And hopefully we're going to be communicating with ourselves differently and in being more honest with what we want, our needs, our hopes, our vision for the future. I hope so too. If in couples, their charts are not compatible, is it possible to still build a relationship or it's not? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think that there's any, I would never dissuade someone from building something with someone who they're incompatible with, you know, on a technical level, because it's interpretation. You know, um, I tend to, I have a complicated birth chart and I tend to like complicated things. So I like complicated relationships. I, but I also like, I, 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 am militant about honesty. You know, I think that it is absolutely essential that people are take full responsibility for their truths and hold their partner to that standard as well. And, um, that we show up as, as the best version of ourselves, but also willing to adjust and change and, and heal within partnership. This doesn't always look like just like an easy compatibility chart. You know, people come into our life for all different reasons. But I do encourage people to um, to remember that if they can't talk to their partner about the things that they're interested in, then that is already a red flag. You know, if they are interested in astrology and they want to 
share what they learned with their partner and their partner makes them feel bad about any time they want to talk about astrology, like that to me is already a sign that there's a disconnect. I agree. My mom is so funny. She's talking about astrology and horoscopes. She calls me every day and she listens to horoscope and it's pretty accurate, the ones she listens to. And she tells me, well, today is going to be such and such. So pay attention to this. <laughs> she I love it. I love it. And when I had like was a boyfriend, I always told him like, you know, today is supposed to get some money or today is supposed to be like, you know, somebody will get on your nerves or something. So pay attention to this. And then he started me at first. That was crazy. But then it's like, I used to it after he started asking, like, so what's going on today? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It definitely becomes something that can be sort of a a compulsion in and of itself. Yeah. But you know, I noticed that signs that I'm not compatible with, I could not really build relationship with because I knew they have that. It was like some of their actions were not in my favor, like I could not really deal with it. So, and those are in actual, like, you know, horoscope description. So it was so obvious to me that I, I could not actually build relationship, but for some people they can actually, and they like disregarding all the charts, they still can build relationships even if they're not compatible. Well, the sun's sign is just one part of your birth chart. Your horoscope is usually written for just your sun sign, but your birth chart is the entire sky. You know, it takes in multiple celestial bodies and planets and positions and math and angles. And um, there's a lot of variables more than just whether someone's a Taurus or a Gemini, you know? So even though you might read somewhere that these two signs don't go together, um, that's a tiny fraction of what actually an astrologer would be able to gauge and would want to look at when it comes to really trying to um, understand and decipher compatibility. Yeah, I think so too. And as far as money and manifestation, what are your best money manifestation practices? Um, My favorite money manifestation practice and what I highly recommend everybody does when manifesting money is they need to um, be generous and give money and donate, um, give money to a friend or an organization or somebody who doesn't have the same privilege that you do. And to get into the flow of money's energy as not a logical quantitative dollar sign, but as a frequency. And when we want more of something, we need to open up those channels Um, so that means that we need to make sure that it's working, you know, like you can't turn on the faucet and then have a fucking clogged drain and you can't get anything through it. You need to know that money can move through you and money can move around you in a comfortable way. So anytime that I am trying to manifest abundance money, you know, if I'm waiting to hear back about a contract and what am I going to, you know, what is, what are they going to offer me? Are they going to accept my offer? The, I will, you know, really connect with my intentions. I will connect with why I want the resources in the first place, what it means to me symbolically to have them, what I will use them for. And then I also go straight on to Venmo and PayPal and start sending out money and I start letting it go. And I 
the first number that pops into my head, which is usually the one that I try to logic myself out of where I'm like, well, I don't have to give them a hundred. I could give them 75 and it's still effective. Got to go with the first number that pops into your head because that's going to be the, that's your truth. You know, that's your, the true number that you wanted to share. That's not the one that you had the greed or the ego or the money scarcity come through. That number is the one that you need to donate. So that is um, the most essential part of any money manifestation is, is sending out your resources back into the universe. Oh, that's very interesting. I always donate too. And I always believe in that. It's like you're turning that cycle on, like you turn it on and it's like you start in that cycle and then it just comes back to you. Like you give out and sometimes a few times more comes back to you. Yes, there is. Um, I, I encourage people to think of, you know, and this is kind of like the golden rule, um, treat others how you want to be treated um, in more of spiritual practices and more occult practices. It's the law of threefold return, which is that anything that you do is going to come back to you threefold. So sending money is, you know, basically means that you'll get that back threefold. It might not be overnight. But you know that when you're generous, you're going to get that abundance and kindness and compassion back from whatever, um, in whichever ways you are moving through the world and acquiring those resources. So generosity and just, you know, being really open to you letting go is the most fundamental component of, of having wealth and bringing in it and sustaining it. I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's so true. What do you think of karma and birth charts? Well, karma is I is from a very it's a, from a different school of thought than um, what the Western tropical astrology that I have been trained on. I think that karma as a concept is, you know, I the, the true karma as it relates to its origin. I'm not sure if I fully understand. But the idea of karma, um, of sort of, I w- imagine it when we use it, it, we sort of mean it to be sort of like things that come back to you or things that come back to you from a past life, things that are sort of like, you know, I guess karma is a pretty open-ended term. So it depends. A lot of the time we will look to the North and South node, which have to do with our past life and our future in order to talk about sort of the directionality that we're moving, where we might be falling short, where we want to push against and understand how we want to make sure that we're sort of going in the direction that is going to amplify and enhance our greater purpose. Um, Saturn is also very much associated with the concept of karma. Saturn is the, the time Lord, the, the gatekeeper. It's also the grim reaper. Um, Saturn is very much about sort of like you, their actions have consequences. So when we want to think about how we can make sure that we're doing the work that is to our highest purpose, we will want to connect to Saturn to understand that energy. But I think of karma and when I think of past lives, I should say, as really more about our parents and the generational things that we inherited from them, not so much as sort of like us as a famous person as like Napoleon or Cleopatra or something that would be very convenient, but 
about something about us as needing to figure out who we are independently from where we come from. And to me, that is the, you know, that's the role of what I would imagine, you know, my contemporary and uh, Western understanding of karma is. I see. And also like sometimes they say that like you have a sequence of some events keep repeating in your life and they're still repeating. It means if they're still going in your life and still the same things are happening to you, it's like you haven't worked your karma. You haven't learned anything from the past events that they're repeating again. Yes. So that would be very Saturn to me. You know, that would be a very Saturn thing to want to look at and understand because there are cycles that take a really long time to unfold. Um, and there are psych- we're living in cycles and cycles. You know, it's almost like Matryoshka dolls. You know, we are stacked within one another spiritually. I know I'm getting very metaphysical here, but I think that one of the things to keep in mind is that with when we are sort of thinking of ourselves moving through cycles within these cycles, we want to be we want to understand what those cycles are we want to understand why something keeps appearing in our life and if we can't understand it it means that we need to learn about it you know if you keep finding yourself in the same shitty relationship why you know what's going on that's not a coincidence there's it's not an accident you know if you keep finding yourself in going into credit card debt why that's not an accident. There's the common denominator here is you, you know? So it's, we need to sort of be willing to recognize the fact that these cycles aren't just happening to us. We are playing a role in them by not acknowledging them fully and completely, which is why astrology is super cool. And astrology is a really great tool to get that perspective that sometimes we aren't able to generate for ourselves. I agree. Sometimes by doing horoscopes, like personal horoscopes or First charts, we can predict and we can avoid some things that in the future could actually damage us in some way. Yes. Yeah. And you also were in Drew Barrymore's show. How did you get on her show? I, I, I guess they wanted to talk to an astrologer. Um, there is really no story there <laughs> other than I was really thrilled to get an email that um, they were interested in having me on. I was super excited and I think that I've always been such a fan of Drew Barrymore. I think that she's such an interesting and magical Pisces and it was super exciting to have the opportunity to go on her show and I I really hope that she'll continue to want to explore astrology on mainstream uh, daytime television because to me that's like the coolest thing in the whole world. Yeah, it is. And you know, in Russia, the every morning in news, like kind of you have like Good Morning America. So they have the same. So they explain the horoscope for the day for all the signs every day in the morning. That's so, very responsible. I'm, yeah. ha- I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, I wish they do it here too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. And what is your best advice for everyone for 2021? What should we avoid? What should we kind of expect? Or what should we be ready for and what should we not do? Well, I think that we need to avoid jumping to the conclusion that just because it's a new year means that all of the the issues that have presented themselves in 2020 have disappeared. 
2021 is just a boundary created by a particular calendar. Um, viruses aren't abiding by the Gregorian calendar. You know, COVID doesn't care that it's 2021. In fact, COVID-19 started in fucking 2019. So it's does not care about what year it is. Um, people need to continue to be safe and be diligent and to practice critical thinking. I am concerned about folks' inability to process very complex things right now. I think that it's been very, very scary this past I think that these past four years have been really scary. And I think this, this past year has been horrendous. And I think it's been made people really uncomfortable. And in the discomfort, I think that people have started to be very reactive and very impulsive and reckless in the way that they think about things. And I, my best advice for 2021 is to fact check and to try to be as diligent as we can um, about making sure we are sharing things and participating in our communities in thoughtful ways and working to help each other um, instead of just working to help ourselves. Yeah, that's a great advice. And where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, all your information? So I'm Aliza Kelly everywhere. Um, A-L-I-Z-A-K-E-L-L-Y. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. That's also my .com. Um, I do have a TikTok page though. It's definitely not my I would not recommend it at the moment. I think I think that I am doing much better work on some of the other platforms, but you know, whatever. I also run a community called the Constellation Club, um, which is now over 700 people from all around the world who are really interested in astrology and tarot and magic and manifestation and spirituality. And if any of these things are of interest to you and you want to know about them, more comprehensively, I encourage people to check out the Constellation Club. Nice. This is fun. Thank you so much, Elisa. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for being my guest. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories also, check out all the behind the scenes at notbasicplant underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.